When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It kind of looks like we're going to have a soggy Tuesday around most of the state of Wisconsin today, and that's not all bad news. Morning, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. There are still plenty of people in central Wisconsin, eastern Wisconsin, that are running behind as far as moisture is concerned. So what we're picking up today should be of benefit. About an 80% chance of rain on our Tuesday, 70 the expected high. Tomorrow, another 50% chance of showers, 68. Thursday, mostly cloudy, 71. Friday, partly sunny, 74. Saturday and Sunday, sunshine. Temperatures pushing near 80 degrees. There was some weather excitement last night, though, for folks that were in northern Greene County. Uh, Some video released and photos show a tornado was on the ground at a little after 6 last night, just east of New Glarus and south-southwest of Belleville. No damage reported, so that's good news, but still something you want to pay attention to. We'll recap that information and get our details on today's forecast. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist coming up. Don't forget, rainfall reporters, I appreciate you letting me know what you picked up in your backyard. Toll-free number that you can call or text is 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. And don't forget... John Heinberg on the way from Total Farm Marketing on a Tuesday, too. Dairy farmers of Wisconsin are building strong farms for a strong future right here in America's Dairyland. Join them and Pam at World Dairy Expo on Tuesday, October 3rd and Thursday, October 5th at 1.30 p.m. at booth 4506 in the Exhibition Hall. To learn more about the dairy farmers of Wisconsin, visit wisconsindairy.org. Pam will kick off her coverage of World Dairy Expo with BioVet on Tuesday, October 3rd at 9.30 a.m. at booth 1503 in the Exhibition Hall. BioVet is your trusted partner in animal health with direct-fed microbials and supplements to help your herd be more productive and profitable. Stop by or visit bio-vet.com to learn more. New location, new vision, same goal. The Farm and Industry Short Course is producing high-quality graduates ready for success in the dairy industry. The oldest agriculture training program in Wisconsin has stood the test of time. The 16-week program returns for fall 2023 at UW-River Falls. Learn from world-class faculty, live in the residence halls, earn college credits, and create lifelong friendships. Register today at uwrf.edu. Climate smart. It's a phrase you may have heard before because it's a key theme for this administration's U.S. Department of Agriculture. And now... Money for Climate Smart is starting to roll in. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack was recently in Wisconsin to celebrate one year of the Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program. These are more than 140 projects that got more than $3 billion in funding. Several groups in Wisconsin are a part of it. Almost all of these projects are starting now. The requirements for this money are that it has to be used in production, agriculture, or forestry, and the projects have to fight against climate change while supporting rural economies. In Waukesha, Wisconsin, Secretary Vilsack commemorates the progress made so far. I will tell you the thing about Wisconsin is that there has been a willingness to basically be involved in every single one of the elements that I outlined today. 
Uh, very strong participation in terms of climate smart agriculture. I think the last time I looked, there were 18 or 19 different uh, projects that are Wisconsin oriented or Wisconsin directed. So Wisconsin's been a very, very strong advocate for the components of this effort to try to uh, generate more income opportunities for small and mid-sized producers. Ahead of this conversation, Secretary Vilsack said that between the years 2017 and 2021, the U.S. lost more than 16,000 farms. But he says the value that these climate smart partnerships can bring will slow that trend. Well, I think first and foremost, we have to know what works. And that's what the Climate Smart uh, Initiative is designed to do at the end of the day, is to tell us what works so we can then target uh, the resources within the USDA's traditional programs to, to accelerate. Uh, it's not going to be done overnight. Uh, it's not an easy task. Uh, I think first and foremost, we have to slow the process down and then hopefully over time reverse it. But I think what we want to do is send a message of hope, uh, a message that there's something uh, other than get bigger, get out, that you can be entrepreneurial, uh, that you can embrace multiple ways to make a living uh, off the farm, uh, and that in doing so, you're going to also create some job opportunities as well for rural places. And I think that, that knowing that there's an alternative, knowing that folks are working on that alternative, knowing that there are resources behind the alternative that we'll begin to see over the next two to three years ad additional investments being made, I think makes people feel that there's at least uh, a path forward, uh, which I think is important. Part of the secretary's visit in Waukesha included a panel where he asked recipients of the Climate Smart Money what works and what doesn't. The panelists represented Edge Dairy Farmers Cooperative, Wisconsin Farmers Union, Organic Valley, and the Nature Conservancy. Secretary Vilsack tells us his key takeaways from those conversations. I think the key here for us is, is to make sure that folks, that we are supporting our partners in terms of getting the word out about what this is and what it isn't. Uh, that is not, this is not forcing anybody. Uh, this is voluntary. Uh, it was, that came out very clearly. This is not something that you can compel people to do, nor should you. Uh, what also came out was great diversity, so therefore there has to be the capacity for uh, programs like this to be flexible enough to, to respect that diversity. Uh, I heard that, you know, uh, it, it is going to make a difference in terms of not just the people who are participating, but the people who will observe those who are participating. That's the way the countryside works. You peer over the fence and you figure out what your neighbor's doing, and if it looks like he's getting a better crop or getting a better price, you're going to want to know what that's all about. And you're going to, be, you're, you're going to see people replicated. Um, the key, again, though, is to make sure that the resources continue to be there with a the farm bill getting passed by Congress by making sure that they don't uh, disrupt the Inflation Reduction Act investments that could take place, by making sure our budget is adequate to be able to staff all these programs and to make sure that uh, I still have the capacity to use the tool that started this all, which is the Commodity Credit Corporation. Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities. Again, this is a program that is funding projects to fight climate change and promote rural prosperity. And it all takes place within production agriculture or forestry. I asked Secretary Vilsack why U.S. farmers are the ones shouldering the climate smart responsibility. Well, I would say the pressure isn't, is, is on all of us in all industries. But I think farmers are in a unique position because there are only a few ways naturally that you can sequester carbon. Uh, and you can, and, and that is by the use of soil and soil conservation, uh, trees, agroforestry, uh, and the oceans. And the farmers happen to be in a position where they can do two of those three things. Uh, and I think if we can figure out a way in which, by doing that, there are co-benefits. We heard this today. Um, well, how do you convince a farmer to do this? Well, you convince a farmer by saying, if you do this, your soil is going to be more productive. 
uh, if it's more productive, your yields are going to be greater. Uh, if you do this, uh, somebody's going to pay you a premium for whatever it is you're growing. Now, all of a sudden, you've made the economic case. And by the way, uh, also, you're going to sequester more carbon, and that's going to be helpful to the, uh, to the effort to try to reduce uh, and mitigate the impacts of climate. I think agriculture has an enormous opportunity to be the first major industry in this country to ultimately get to a net zero uh, future because of the fact that it, it, it has soil and it has trees. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, the construction uh, industry doesn't have that. Utility doesn't have that. Transportation doesn't have that. Uh, and in fact, agriculture is going to help some of those industries get to net zero. How are they going to do that? Well, uh, transportation, they're going to provide sustainable aviation fuel which is going to lower the carbon footprint of transportation. Uh, they're going to try to figure out how to take methane and put it into concrete and save water. That's going to help the construction industry. They're going to uh, promote renewable energy on the farm, and they're going to take excess energy and put it on the grid, and that's going to reduce uh, the carbon footprint of utilities. So agriculture can actually be a driver in other industries, uh, which creates profit opportunities for farmers, creates a pride, a sense of pride, and by doing it and doing it the way we're doing it, we're providing international leadership, and that's why we're sharing the information uh, that we're getting from the Climate Smart Initiative on our international climate hub to let the world know, and that's why we're going to be very transparent about this process so that farmers across the country know about it. And Climate Smart commodities may also be recognizable in the grocery store. Secretary Vilsack says there will be some type of branding. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, we are doing the monitoring and the measuring and the verification and reporting of all this so that we're in a position to speak to the integrity issue that was raised several times today. Uh, consumers and those who are customers are going to want to know, uh, how was this grown? Can we, can we be assured that, in fact, it created the climate result that, uh, that you say it did? That's why the USDA is uh, spending and investing $300 million from the Inflation Reduction Act to, uh, to supplement and complement the work that's being done in these partnerships to verify, to monitor, to measure, uh, so that we figure out what works. Once we figure out what works, we can create tools, tools that farmers can then use, and, then, and, and the marketplace can be confident that because those tools were used, because certain practices were used, and we know certain results come from those practices, that indeed when they say this is climate smart, we know what it means. I think the challenge will always be, and USDA's responsibility is, to make sure that when somebody puts something on a label, that it's truthful, that it doesn't misrepresent the nature of the problem. And let me give you an example. Uh, recently, people have decided that there's value to uh, be placed with the, with the uh, label product of the USA. So we did a survey, and we said to consumers, well, what do you think that means? Consumers came back and go, well, what do you mean? It means that everything done with that product was done in the U.S. Well, it turns out that's not the case. People are using it when some of the things are done in the U.S. So we've come up with a rule that basically says, no, no, you can't do that. You have to be able to establish that everything with that product was raised in the U.S., it was processed in the U.S., and so forth in the U.S. Then you can use that label. And so I think what our job is going to make sure that when labels are affixed to a product that there is uh, truth and it doesn't misrepresent the nature of the product. And he says consumers are interested in spending their money on climate smart products, even if it's more expensive. And it's one of the reasons why the makeup of these uh, projects include major retailers, uh, the Walmarts of the world, Kroger, Target, uh, major food companies like PepsiCo and Coca-Cola uh, are, are 
participating in these programs because they understand or appreciate that a, that a, a certain percentage of their consumers are anxious to ensure that their consuming dollar is being used to promote climate smart activities. Is it every consumer? No, it, but it doesn't have to be every consumer. It just has to be a defined universe of consumers, and I think we're going to find that there are, in fact, a lot of folks out there that are interested in this. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack taking some time with us while he was in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is celebrating its Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities Program, which is kicking off as the money for more than 141 projects gets sent out. This includes more than a dozen projects in Wisconsin. The goal? to fight climate change while keeping rural economies strong. You can learn more about these projects at MidwestFarmReport.com. Just search Climate Smart. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, let's get our weather update on uh, Tuesday morning. I said it's a little bit soggy right now, currently raining at the studios in Madison. But Stu Monk, you said not so much by you, huh? Not quite here yet. I'm sure Waupon has rain, but yep. it just hasn't quite pushed to the south side of Fond du Lac. Yeah, my buddy Bob in Beaver Dam said about six-tenths of an inch of rain, uh, yeah, almost an inch since yesterday by Alto. Uh, northeast side of Fond du Lac, just a tenth of an inch of rain, but it's raining now. So those are my rainfall reports uh, so far. Steady rain in Horicon. Uh, let's see what else I've got here. Linda Lynch from Reeseville. Three quarters of an inch, inch rain, it's still raining. So keep them coming, folks. That toll-free number is 877-301-FARM, 
877-301-3276. And honestly, it looks like for what, the next 48 hours or so, it's going to be soggy depending on where you are. Yeah, that's it. I think western Wisconsin is starting to dry out a little bit. La Crosse with really no rain on the radar right now. Boston still has a little holding on. I've got a couple amounts here. The airport at La Crosse yesterday is saying a whole 16 hundredths of an inch. And the airport in Madison, an inch and 14 hundredths. 11 hundredths of an inch yesterday at Fond du Lac, according to the airport. And then I see some new ones. Baraboo, an inch and 37 hundredths. Viroqua, an inch and 86 hundredths. There's a lot of rain in some areas. The heaviest rain I expect yet today and into this evening will be in that south-central part of Wisconsin. Oh, from Platteville, Lancaster, maybe still up into Mauston, certainly into Madison, maybe Beaver Dam getting a little on the heavier side. There could be another half to three-quarters of an inch in a lot of those areas. Why is this? Well, that low pressure that was off in Minnesota, down around northeast Iowa this morning, it should curl around just south of Wisconsin and keep the rain chance in the picture today and tonight. Maybe some scattered showers or storms lingering into the day tomorrow until the low pulls away. We start to dry it out then. So additional rain with temperatures a little cooler. In fact, flirting with normal or just a little below normal, put it there. And then I expect some moderation Thursday, Friday, Saturday, pushing back up into the 70s, the upper 70s or 80s, most likely what we'll see around for the weekend. So after a little rainfall, things should probably dry up pretty well, as good as they will in late September. I'll have forecast details right after this. You'd never settle for underperformance. You'd never settle for less than maximum yield. You'd never settle for gaps in the stand. So why settle for anything less than DeKalb corn? DeKalb seed is for those who make outstanding performance a priority. With a broad portfolio of products spread to maximize profit potential on every field. DeKalb brand corn. Never settle. Visit DeKalb.com. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Whether you milk 50 cows or 5,000 cows, a trip to World Dairy Expo in Madison, Wisconsin is your chance to connect, learn, and celebrate. Be there when the global dairy industry meets October 3rd through October 6th. Discover the latest technology and industry research while appreciating the best dairy cattle in North America. Get down to business. Plan your trip online at WorldDairyExpo.com. Purchase your tickets in advance. Discounted tickets available before October 3rd. Alrighty, Stu. Yeah, we uh, kind of interesting haves and haves not. We actually had a tornado touchdown uh, just in Greene County, just outside of Belleville last night. No damage done. That's good news. But kind of a crazy time of year to be seeing that, isn't it? You don't think about tornadoes in later September. You're absolutely right. But with the the way the system is just to the west of southwest Wisconsin, a lot of circulation around it. Things can pop up. That's why some localized heavy rain and the like may be something we deal with today or tonight almost anywhere. So be on the alert. Not much we can do, but just be ready. Today, mostly cloudy skies, showers, maybe some thunderstorm development now and again. I expect temps in the upper 60s, 67 or 68. East winds about 5 to 10. Still cloudy showers. Could be some thunderstorms in the late night. Overnight lows dropping back to about 60, maybe an upper 50 here or there. East winds 5 to 10. Cloudy Wednesday, still that chance of showers or storms generally ending through the day from west to east. Still in the upper 60s, east winds at 5 to 15. And by Thursday, 
Partly sunny skies developing, lower 70s most places, east winds 5 to 10, mid-70s with sun on Friday, Pam. Like I say, uh, Madison, Boston, maybe Beaver Dam, some half to three quarters of an inch of rain yet today and tonight. A little lighter west and probably to the east as well. All right, we'll see what happens with our rainfall reporters. Thanks, too. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right, see you then. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details. Like I said, anytime you get a chance to send me your weather details, the talk text line is a humming this morning. 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Let me know what's happening in your world. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. BioVet combines the latest research and technology to develop high-quality microbial and nutritional solutions for your operation. BioVet's innovative product line supports health, digestion, milk production, and reproduction, along with growth and development of your livestock. Learn more at bio-vet.com and visit us at World Dairy Expo in the Exhibition Hall at booth number 1503 and 1504. Innovation, that's BioVet. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. 
Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Rob, Brett Favre, and the parallels of Jordan Love. Hit me with them, baby. And, and by the way, my, my hunch is Brett's been framed for everything down there. <laughs> well, well, of course, obviously, but of that's course. A, that's, that's a whole other segment yeah. we can get into. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it struck me yesterday, Evo. You know, I was, I, I was actually still a pup when I watched Favre's first game at Lambeau Field back in 92. It was September 20th of 92, week three of the NFL season. Ironically, yesterday was week three of the NFL season, September 24th of 2023. So same week. Really, just a few days apart, 31 years later, you know, back in 92, Favre comes in for an injured Don Mikowski. Evo, the Packers are down 17-3, to heading to the fourth quarter, and Favre leads one of the most legendary comebacks in, in Packer history, winds up throwing the 35-yard touchdown to win the game to Kittrick Taylor with 13 seconds left, just a laser down the right sideline between a corner and a safety that, honest to God, didn't get more than 10 feet off the ground. I mean, just an absolute dart. And it was kind of the start of the whole Brett Favre phenomenon in Green Bay. He started from then on. Don Mikowski was done. And we know what Brett Favre went on to do, you know, playing in two Super Bowls, winning one, going to the Hall of Fame, probably one of the five greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league. I'm, I'm not telling you that's where Jordan Love is headed um, because those are unbelievably – uh, you know, remarkable feats to try to match if you are Jordan Love. But I think Jordan Love is on his way to being a top 10 quarterback in, in this league. And you saw that down the stretch yesterday, Evo. Let, 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 let's compare the parallels, right? Not just the, the, the dates on the calendar, not just the fact it's Love's first time uh, as a starter in front of the Lambeau Field crowd, but they head to the fourth quarter down 17 to nothing. The offense had done absolutely zilch through the course of the day. You know, and as I was watching this unfold yesterday, Evo, that, that I immediately flashed back to that '92 game, and 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 Love wound, wound up kind of writing my story for me the way the way things finished. He, he obviously runs for the first touchdown. Uh, we can get into this a little bit. I'm not exactly sure still why Matt Lafleur went for two. He looks like a genius today, uh, but boy, it's a it's, it's it's risky business when when you go ahead and do that. And I know the analytics folks tell him to to give that a shot that worked out yesterday, but man, that is, uh, that is really, really new school football to try to go for, for two there. It worked out obviously for green Bay called the 17, 11, get the ball back. He throws the back shoulder dart to Romeo Dubs. 
Uh, you know, again, a dart, much like Favre's dart was to Kittrick Taylor 30 years earlier. And uh, they come back and win the football game in, in, in dramatic fashion. Um, you know, so when you look at all the parallels, guys, the, the, the week we were in the football season, the first time for Favre ever in front of a Lambeau crowd, the first time Love ever starts a game at Lambeau Field, the remarkable deficits that both guys came back from in the fourth quarter. It's just, it's really, really strange. I mean, it's almost eerie evil. Uh, and, and Nelly, just, just what each of these guys did in, in that moment. And we know what went on and, and happened with Favre. And, and I think everything you saw yesterday leads you to think really good things are in store for Jordan Love, especially when he gets all his people back. God. Rob, is the Matrix glitching, or is this the Packers having lightning strike three times now? Man, can you imagine if it struck three times? And 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 I'm sure I'm I'm like you guys. I had you know 50 texts yesterday saying the exact same thing. Lightning is striking three times. And and and, and uh, again, I think it's way too early to say that. The body of work Jordan Love has put out there through three games is is really really impressive. I mean, if well, if okay. we're doing a pro, if we're doing a Pro Bowl today, boy, he's probably in Rob, the Pro Bowl. Right? Um, we're a worst he's a Pro Bowl alternate in the NFC. And and again, I go I go back to the fact, right? He's He's playing with without Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Watson, and Jones. Um, you know, pro- undoubtedly four of the ten best players on the football team, and and probably four of your five best guys on offense. So, I, I mean, gentlemen, just just imagine what what this offense can start doing when he gets his pieces back. Well, I think I think it was like was it seventy five percent of the league had a, a, a first year quarterback or a you know a new starting quarterback under center for their franchise. Just think of all the teams in the league that are looking have been looking for a quarterback for almost their entire existence. Or look at the Bears for example, as Justin Fields withers away in that dumpster fire of an organization. The Packers have three stars of Jordan Love, and it's nothing. What negatives are there? There's there's what completion percentage outside of that. Like you're like the future looks bright and. All these other guys are like, we have a new quarterback and we suck complete ass. Like the like the Bears, for example, it's crazy. Right, and I wouldn't get too wrapped up in in statistical categories like you know completion percentage. Was he was he off a little bit yesterday? Was he a little bit inaccurate? Sure, he he absolutely was. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, Rainfall Reporters, step up. Let me know what's happening in your backyard. Do we have anybody that was down in the Green County area that saw that tornado touchdown yesterday? My talk text line is open to you, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. It doesn't look like any real severe weather today, but it is going to stay wet. Daytime highs today around 70 degrees. Tomorrow's 68 with more showers possible. Thursday, partly cloudy and 71. Friday, partly sunny and 74. And then the weekend looks beautiful. Don't forget, stick around our friend John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing coming up in just a moment. I'm Pam Yankee, by the way. Today is the 26th day of September. My goodness, almost to the end of the month already. Let's see. On this day, back in 1962, the comedy series Beverly Hillbillies premiered on CBS. The Clampett Clan came to Beverly Hills on this day back in 1962. On this day in 1964, that three-hour tour began for the folks of Gilligan's Island starring Bob Denver. Gilligan's Island debuted on this day back in 1964. And happy birthday today to Linda Hamilton, 67 years young. And now you know. 
Well, what do we know about land transactions here in the state of Wisconsin? I mean, everybody in the neighborhood knows when land is bought or sold. They think they know the price, but do you really know who the owners of that land are? That's a question mark that a lot of folks down at the state capitol have been trying to address. More and more people concerned that our valuable farmland in Wisconsin is ending up being purchased by conglomerates of people, many of which are from outside the United States. Stephanie Hoff tracked down the details and what's being worked on policy-wise. Who owns the farmland, and are they a threat to the food system or the economy? These are the questions that the Assembly Committee on Agriculture is working through as the issue on foreign land ownership emerges as a top priority in the state capitol. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Representative Travis Trannell chairs the Ag Committee. He says they're working on where to draw the line between foreign land owners who are a threat versus a good partner. We have two uh, separate foreign ownership of land bills within the committee. And we are working with the authors and working with the stakeholders to try to figure out what parts of each bill do we like, what would be practical. And at first, it it seems pretty simple because I think a lot of people, when they hear that people from China or the Chinese government specifically are potentially buying up major agricultural assets or even farmland itself, that's concerning. So we want to make sure that we address that. But it's also much more complicated than that because we also have partners that we work with very strategically from Canada, from the Netherlands, who own some processing capabilities within this state. And we want them to because they're good processors, they're good employers, they're purchasing lots of Wisconsin grown and produced commodities. And so we just have to make sure that when we introduce ideas or when we hear pieces of legislation, that we've thought out all of the ins and outs and realize that what we do may affect a lot more people and a lot more institutions than what we want it to. And so going through that can be an extremely long and very detailed process. And so even though we aren't having a public hearing on those two pieces of legislation yet, it's our intention to down the road. But the work on that bill is going on constantly. So are you looking at this for more of a security standpoint, for example, land near military bases? Yeah, that's certainly something that would be of a concern. Personally, you know, I'm not the author of this legislation, just the chairperson of the committee, but uh, personally, I don't want to see our adversaries buying up large chunks of any Wisconsin farm ground. I think it makes a lot more sense for Wisconsin farmers to own Wisconsin ground than uh, foreign adversaries. But uh, certainly if it's around a military base, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for foreign adversaries to own any of our processing. Uh, I think it's very concerning that right now some of the major meat processors that we have in this country are foreign-owned. I think there's a, a time and a place to allow foreign ownership of those interests, but I think we have to be very cognizant of it, and we should make sure that we have a large percentage of that uh, processing capability be domestically owned. Uh, So all of those scenarios need to be taken into consideration. Representative Travis Trannell along with us. He chairs the Assembly Agriculture Committee. Right now that committee is looking at where to draw the line when it comes to foreign land ownership in Wisconsin. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. I think 
The collaboration that we see between Wisconsin Farm Bureau and these other commodity groups gives us a cohesive message, a singular stance in agriculture that offers credibility. It gives us a cohesive message and support for all of our agricultural organizations. WFBF.com. It's easy to join. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Generate benchmarks with real time data on more than 2 million cows. Dairy Records Management Systems and Pam Yonke will be broadcasting from inside the Coliseum at World Dairy Expo at booth 37 on Wednesday at 9 30 a.m. Learn more at drms.org. Join Pam and Compure Financial at World Dairy Expo on Thursday, October 5th at 9 30 a.m. as they cover the world's premier dairy event. Compure is dedicated to agriculture in rural America by providing financial services throughout 144 counties in the Midwest. Visit compure.com. Interesting story catching my attention this morning. You know, we've been talking a lot about the beef cattle industry and how dairy has been trying to pick up some of the slack when it comes to the native breed of beef cattle and shortages. Well, now we're growing cattle so big, so fast, that it's actually causing the animals, apparently, some health issues. The beef sector seeing bovine congestive heart failure more often in feedlots. Director of Sim Genetic Development of the American Simmental Association, Luke Bowman, says it's something that the industry doesn't discuss much. Cattlemen in general and probably all livestock breeders select for extremes rather than optimums. And so we want to maximize the absolute amount of pounds we sell at weaning time or slaughter time because that yields more dollars. However, what we're doing is we're getting these cattle to perform like racehorses and and they absolutely outperform and grow like crazy. But all the rest of the organs keeping up with them, we don't know. And so if their hearts can't keep up with all this maximum growth and fat they're putting on at the late stages in the game of the feedlot, they literally have heart attacks and die. Sometimes external factors enter into the equation, according to Bauman, who says a lot of times it's genetics. Why are we getting these cattle that just get to 1,500 pounds and just shut down on the feedlot side of the commercial business? And some things that came out of that, these cattle are being fed in pretty arid areas and the heat gets to them and the black hide can be affected. And then we're finding that crossbred cattle seem to be thriftier and survive better. And science points to that and crossbreeding is something that's extremely important for calf vigor at birth, for weaning weight gain at weaning time but we're also finding crossbred cattle later in life when they're carrying that extra condition seem to be thriftier and and survive the feedlot experience at a higher rate than straight bred animals. Luke Bowman, he is with the American Simenthal Association. But again, like we said, beef sector monitoring how fast we're getting these animals to those premium weights and uh, kind of the physical toll it may be taking on their heart. Don't forget, World Beef Expo gets started officially on Friday at State Fair Park in West Allis. That may be a conversation that you hear walking around the barns. Well, what you're going to hear this morning in the marketplace is uh, the sound of positive numbers, at least for right now. December corn in Chicago is up a half at 481. November beans currently eight cents stronger at 1305. July wheat's up a nickel at 647. Yesterday, barrel cheese dropped a penny and three quarters to 158 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese remained unchanged at 178. Double A butter went up another four cents to 304 a pound. October milk this morning is up four cents at 1733. November milk is up 12, 1752 100. 
record weight. Well, the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service says the harvest is coming along. So far, we've got 53% of our corn silage harvested. That's six days ahead of last year. 49% of our soybeans called good to excellent. That's a two percentage point gain in a week's time. 65% of our potatoes have already been harvested, and 88% of the forthcutting of alfalfa also hopefully harvested in front of that rain. What's coming up next? Well, we'll check in on those markets. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have you ever had an MRI through the hospital where you're crunched inside a scary tube-like tunnel? MH Imaging in Middleton provides the spacious comfort of a completely open design MRI, the most updated concept in MRIs. It's an open MRI, open for everyone, regardless of insurance or doctor affiliation, for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And the results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Seven-tenths of an inch of rain reported by Jake by Beaver Dam. Thank you for that. The talk text line taking any of your input. Uh, if you've got a question, if you're wondering about something, or if you've got rainfall reports, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. It's a Tuesday. We're catching up with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and the toll-free number, 800-334-9770. So let's jump into this, John. First of all, one story that I noticed this morning, some issues coming up more and more in a lot of different sectors about cost of living and people's wages, the two not necessarily keeping up with one another. That ultimately can have an impact on production agriculture, can't it? 
Very much so. You know, the, we still rely on domestic demand, the consumer dollar, especially in products like dairy and livestock, and and those types of uh, those types of you know things that we go right straight to the consumer with. You know, that may be one of the reasons that you look at a beef market where it is, and and the value that's on those products, and just a little concern that you know maybe things are getting a little too lofty here, uh, just because we'll see the consumer dollar drop off. And you know, we did get cold storage report yesterday for livestock, and we did see a little bit of a buildup in beef. I mean, in in terms of in the freezers, that's, it was still significantly lower than last year, almost 90 million pounds less than last year for this time frame. But just maybe that little bit of growth in the product size is just an indicator the consumer is shutting off a little bit to that high-priced beef just because all of a sudden the wallet's getting a little bit tighter. Catalan feed reports showed that we are still staring at a tightness in cattle supplies, though, huh? Very much so. Again, we saw another month of low placements, and that just continues to build that picture that we're not seeing any growth in the cattle side of it. You know, it's difficult for producers. I know we're talking about record high prices, things of that nature, but the input cost for feeders going into the lot, obviously corn was you know expensive during the summer, has come down, but on a year-over-year basis, it's still a little higher in terms of that cost. So there's a, there's not a lot of meat on the bone for the the you know for the beef producer out there. So the incentive to really put a lot of cattle in the lot is not there just because the amount of risk that they take on the input side. Curious, what about cow numbers? I mean, you're not going to build that number unless you got cows that are carrying calves. Uh, You know, how fast can they add cattle? You know, the beef industry is one of the, is obviously the slower of all of them when it comes to spinning numbers. You know, hogs, you can get it done within a half of a year. You know, get sows going into farrowing situations. Obviously, poultry is a matter of months. You know, so but cattle, it takes a couple of years. You get that cow up to that age. You get her bred. You get it nine months later. Then you get your calf. Then you got to raise that for another couple of years. You know, so this is not going away anytime soon. We're not seeing any growth in the cow herd. We're still at some of the lowest levels in, in, in years here in terms of beef cow numbers tied to weather, tied to, again, some of the costs that get, that are involved in there. And we also had a bit of an aging cattle industry, and, and some of those producers that have been doing this for a long time have just kind of said, I don't want to f- fight these battles anymore, and they're not growing, bringing those cattle back on board. So it's a, an issue that's not going away anytime soon. So, you know, we I guess be ready for the cost of beef to stay on the higher side. You know, on the other side, you mentioned the other proteins, uh, pork and poultry. I saw USDA came out with its farm income projections for this year, and it's still uh, really very high compared to what growers have been seeing as far as market prices. Obviously, last year, the exception, not the rule. The only two areas that really look like they were still struggling, pork and poultry. Yeah, very much so. The pork industry is just another one of those ones. I think some of it's come down to the fact that the packers are vertically integrated. They're owning their own supply in both those industries very heavily. So they kind of control the product. There's not a lot of private hog guys out there anymore. It's a struggle for them. I know on my side of it, I've worked with one or two, and that's about it. Uh, and, that, and one of them's even talking about going to the contract raising side of it, too, just because, again, those inputs are there, the markets are tough, and he's just not doing very very well financially uh, regarding just you know raising hogs on his own. He can do better with the contract. So that's some of the industry itself and how it's kind of evolved over the last decade or so here. Maybe that's something we're going to see happen on the beef side as well. It's unfortunate. You know, we don't like everything tied to industry and their rules. You know, I still like to see those independent producers out there doing their job. Well, and to your point, pork and poultry as far as protein prices are not at a discount compared to beef. 
No, they're not. And, and at the same time, they're still in the you know, overview it is. But again, it comes down to those input costs. And, you know, we haven't seen pork prices stay high very long. In fact, we had just a brutal week in the hog market last week and prices just fell off the table really for not a whole lot of reason. You know, so the, the meat on the bone for the pack for the producer is just not there. And, and that's some of the reason we're not seeing that expansion right now into the livestock side of it, you know, between the high input costs and just the risk and the, and the labor intensity that, that goes to that, you know, it's just not bringing more guys on board. And like I said, the, the industry's kind of gotten vertically integrated where the packer controls it from top to bottom. And that just kind of changes the whole perplexion of how things work. Something consumers need to pay attention to, at least uh, <laughs> as it develops. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, along with us live this morning on the Farm Show. TotalFarmMarketing.com is the website and his toll-free number, 800 334 9770. Uh, John, let's talk a little bit more on uh, speaking of falling off, major falling off as far as our dairy complex was concerned. Uh, and it's almost in every area you look. Yeah, it really started with cheese prices, and we just saw cheese prices just tumble over the last couple of weeks. You know, we had that run out to new highs when the California weather hit there with the, with the tropical storm coming through that area. You know, we saw milk production in July and August get you know scaled down. Actually, the milk production report was relatively friendly from the production standpoint, and then they went back and even adjusted July production lower. You know, so we're starting to maybe see that reflect a little bit now, but unfortunately, we did have just just a quick dive in the barrel and block prices, which basically sent the milk markets back to new lows or back to the lows. Feels like we got some footing here. Just reading some of the commentary that's out there. Some of the milk supply now in terms of what the, they're looking for in the industry are getting tighter. So hopefully we can find a bit of a floor here, but we need to see those cheese prices get that stability back. Uh, but, you know, it was a quick drop going from 1950, basically down to 17 in a matter of two weeks uh, and how aggressive that sell-off was. But like I said, looks like the charts want to show a little stability here. At least we're starting to hear that maybe from the processor side that some of the milk supplies are a little bit tight right now as we're getting into a good and production still pretty well going into the winter here. Projections on September milk production. Some folks said maybe the heat will show up in the Midwest on our September milk production. Yeah, very much so. I think that's that's some of the what we're seeing right now. Now things are cooling off, so we should see that production maybe stabilize a little bit here. But yeah, the hot summer, that Labor Day weekend heat was really just difficult for a lot of a lot of commodities in terms of crops and animals. You know, it was just really felt like it just put a stop to a lot of things. Uh, so we'll see how things improve here now on that side of it. And like I said, it feels like the milk market might want to get a little bit of footing here, but boy, I'm still cautious just because how quickly things can move in that in those prices again. Producers. Yeah, if you want to talk risk management, he's the guy you want to talk to. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. Again, TotalFarmMarketing.com is our website. 800-334-9770 is the phone number and your email again, John? John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com. All right, buddy. We'll catch up with you next week. Appreciate it. John Heinberg, always on the cutting edge of what's happening in agribusiness for Tuesday.